Tough World. It's your past first point guard. Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen every single day. It's available on all platforms, free, five days a week, coming at you every single weekday, the only daily Trailblazers podcast. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it a part of your first listen and tell your friends to do the same. In today's show, we're going to be talking about a bunch of newcomers. A little bit later on in the episode, Law Murray of The Athletic is going to join the program. And Law covers the Clippers for The Athletic. We're going to talk about Justice Winslow and Eric Bledsoe and Keon Johnson, two guys we haven't seen, and Winslow who's really impressed in his five games with the Trailblazers. But before we get there, let's kind of just take stock of where the Blazers are. Uh, They are heading into the All-Star break in 10th place, two games clear of the Pelicans, two games clear of the Spurs. That means... Portland is in, I don't know if the driver's seat with, with, you know, 20 games left, but in a, in a very comfortable position to make the play in. They, they are, they, a a two, a two game lead and a clear lead over those two teams. Um, They've, Portland is four and one since trading CJ McCollum. The Pelicans since acquiring CJ McCollum are just one and four. CJ has been balling in New Orleans, but the Pelicans have not been winning. McCollum had 38 tonight, including 15 in the fourth quarter in New Orleans, but the Pels still lost to the Dallas Mavericks. So, we're heading in the All Star break. The Blazers find themselves in a good spot. They can rest. They can get right. Uh, you know they're not. They have a bunch of injuries, but it's not guys who are you know part of the plan. They've put themselves in this odd position where they don't necessarily need to win, but they've been winning and they're playing in a playing round. While it's maybe not good for their specific purposes, doesn't get rid of you know the. The lottery protected pick they have won't come into effect until they make the playoffs. Finishing in 10th place, they would still have to win two games to actually make the playoffs. The play-in round has no impact on the lottery protection, so we're a long way from there. The Blazers are still probably on track to end up with two, and, and probably almost certainly one. They're pretty much a lock to get one, and probably two lottery picks. And we're heading an All-Star weekend with no Blazers involved. Uh, Anthony Simons not defending his dunk contest title said that it was just a, you know, you know, a checklist as he described it to the Athletic and then later to uh, reporters and when he was asked to follow up about it. It's just he wanted to check it off his list. He's doing it. I asked him specifically, so when do you get a three-point contest? And he smiled and said, maybe next year. But we'll have to wait for next year for Ant to be involved. Uh, no Blazers in the rookie-sophomore game. No Blazer, whatever they call it now, Rising Stars game. No Blazers in the big game on Sunday in the All-Star game. Maybe Anthony Simons will be there next year if you're really hopeful. Maybe Dame Dame and Ant potentially on on the team next year. Uh, But for now, this is just sort of a a moment to rest for the Blazers. They have a week off. uh, They've extended the All-Star break a little. Guys to get a chance to recharge, to go somewhere warm, and to come back and keep rolling. They go go into the break with four straight wins. And while maybe some of us around the world, including this podcaster, would think it's better if they lose— this team's playing good basketball. We'll have, to, we'll have to wait a week to see them play good basketball again. So that's where they stand. Today's show is going to be a little bit different. I recorded this uh, interview a little bit earlier in, in the week. Law Murray of The Athletic joining me to talk about so the Clippers. I thought it would be a good time to kind of touch base with guys about guys we haven't seen and Eric Bledsoe and Keon Johnson and a guy we have seen a little bit of and has looked pretty good in Justice Winslow and nobody around the NBA has gotten a closer look at them than Law. Someone who literally follows the Clippers all over this dang country. So... That's what I'm going to play for you to close the show is my interview with Law Murray. But before we do that, I want to tell you all about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. 
whether that action is the Trailblazers, whether that action is literally the All-Star game or the Rising Stars games this weekend, you can find lines and props and odds on that on betonline.net. But if you don't want to bet on basketball, you can bet on hockey, you can bet on the close of the Olympic Games, you can bet on combat sports, you can bet on tennis, you can bet on soccer, whatever it is. You'll find lines, you'll find props, you'll find odds, real-time betting, it's uh, future bets, whatever you want. Head on over to betonline.net, take advantage of all the fun stuff they got going on. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. Today's show is also brought to you by Gresham Family Law. When you are faced with a big decision that could affect your family and your future, remember that you don't have to face it alone. Gresham Family Law has your back. From helping you to prepare for a successful marriage, to protecting your home, to preserving your legacy, and ensuring that your last wishes are honored with respect, Gresham Family Law is proud to provide holistic family law representation and counsel in areas of family law, including divorce, custody, probate of wills, estate planning, and bankruptcy. So call Gresham Family Law right now at 503-465-9900. That's 503-465-9900 to set up an in-person consultation at their location at 1217 Northeast Burnside Road in Gresham, or you can do it over the phone, or you can do it via video teleconferencing. Plus, home visits are available for certain types of clients and certain types of cases. Visit GreshamFamilyLaw.com for more information. All right. So let's talk about some Blazers newcomers. A couple weeks ago now, when the Blazers, about 10 days ago now, when the Blazers traded Norman Powell and Robert Covington to the Los Angeles Clippers, in return they received Justice Winslow, Eric Bledsoe, and Keon Johnson. We haven't seen Keon Johnson or Eric Bledsoe yet, but we have seen a lot of Justice Winslow, so I wanted to get someone who's seen them up close to tell us a little bit more about the new guys, and who better to do that than Clippers beat writer Law Murray. So what I want to play for you the rest of the episode is my interview with Law, who does a great job kind of getting you closer and helping us learn a little bit more about some of the newest trailblazers. Joining me now, the Clippers beat writer from The Athletic, a man making his Wilt Chamberlain journey from Philly to L.A., none other than Law Murray. Law, how you doing? Man, I'll, I'll, I'll go Will Smith more than Will Chamberlain, man. Will, Will, Will's cool, but uh, my people don't know Will Chamberlain like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm, I'm, but I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm not uh, I'm not traveling all over the country with the Clippers like you are, so I'm probably a little more well-rested. Uh, but because you've been all over the damn map with them, you're ready to uh, kind of give Blazer fans an insight into some former Clippers and how they're going to help uh, the Blazers. That's what I want to talk to you about today. Uh, Absolutely. Let's, let's start at the top. Justice Winslow was having the worst season of his career with the Clippers and in five games with the Blazers. So we're recording this for, for my listeners before the uh, Memphis Grizzlies game to close out the first half of the season or the 70% mark, depending on how you're scoring at home. But uh, he's been balling. Justice Winslow has been good. What was holding him back or why do you think he's thriving more here than he did in LA system? Well, I, I do. If I can, if I can, uh, quibble a little bit with the characterization i can i can understand on paper where you look and see oh uh, he's he's had his worst season sure um but this man's gone through uh, so much and i mean i would argue that his worst year was probably that um any of the seasons where he didn't make it to 20 games right. 12 you games, know what i mean yeah, yeah like 
you know, you, you look at his year last year in Memphis and Manns was brought in as a, as a key piece. And by the time the playoffs rolled around, um, Taylor Jenkins, basically he wasn't in the rotation at all. He was relegated to garbage time by the 2021 postseason and the Memphis Grizzlies declined his option, his team option. And that's how he got to be available in the first place. Right. You know, I'm pretty sure, you know, when the when last season started, I think this time last year was actually when Justice returned from a hip injury that a lot of people think that he had surgery on, but he made it pretty clear when we asked about him, uh, that thing did not get surgically repaired. Justice chose and the treatment options available to him, uh, ultimately it was uh, determined to let that thing heal naturally. He, he said like, like his newborn baby. So, um, <laughs> He's gone through he's gone through a lot. Uh, he had a way to debut in Memphis. He never quite got right physically. Memphis tried him at the three. They let him play the backup point for a while. It didn't work out. Um, the Clippers signed him. They were like, you know, you're probably going to be tried as a backup point guard, but we're also going to probably play you at the five position. They knew they wanted right. to do different things with Justice. Uh, you know, again, Justice was about to have his new baby, uh, so he missed a week for that. Um, every time it seemed like Justice was about to develop some kind of rhythm with the Clippers, something would happen. Obviously, you saw uh, what COVID did to a lot of teams this winter. Um, Justice, right when it looked like he was turning another corner, uh, that comeback win in Brooklyn, Justice hit the go-ahead field goal, yeah. you know, off of a roll from Eric Bledsoe. Um, may maybe you'll talk about him later. Um, and he gets COVID like a week later. So, like, uh, there are so many starts and stops associated with Justice on a new team, a team that had an idea of how they wanted to play. I thought Justice, when he got out of health and safety protocols in right ahead of this road trip, was absolutely um, just he, – he looked like a guy who knew what he wanted to do and the team that was eager to put him in position to succeed. Uh, he, he played great in fourth quarters, man rebounding, uh, mashing uh, small guys. Like, I thought that Justice was about to be like, all right, this is it. This is the moment. Like, he went to Miami, and he took the whole damn team, uh, not the players, but the support team, the traveling party, all out uh, on the on the boats and whatnot. It was like, this is my city. Like, he was really making himself a part of, of – of he was a true clipper. He really was. And so to see him go was – you know, it, it was a hurt piece. Uh, I, the Clippers are thrilled with Robert Covington, but looking at him have to play for an undermanned Portland team. I mean, look, the shooting is always going to be a bugaboo with him. It's amazing to me that he once shot 38% three for the Miami Heat. Like that's that he, he's, he's not, you know, that was the biggest issue with Ty. Like Ty was like, sometimes you just can't put justice out there because of the struggles with his shooting. If he doesn't have the ball in his hands, it's a, it's a struggle there, but he plays his ass off. He does. He's, he, and, and he's now showing in this sample size with the Blazers that that translates to a 30 minute role. And I'm happy for him, man. What position is he like backup a, point guard, backup center three, four. Um, what, where is the best role? You know, you've seen him up close. Where's the best role for him on, on like a good team. On a good team. Shoot. Uh, on a on a good team, you've seen a lot of these guys, man. Play them at the power forward and put some shooting around him. Yep. You know what I mean? If he if he he is he is bulky and strong. He's not the same athlete as he was coming out of Duke. 
you know, he's not um, the, the lottery pick uh, pedigree uh, isn't, isn't quite there anymore, but the dude is a hard playing basketball player with a legitimate body at six, six in this era of the NBA. Uh, you can make that work. He's a, he, he's a, he's probably a dollar store dream on green. You know right. what I mean? Like, and, and that's where the Blazers kind of have him right now. I think Chauncey Billups, he's a smart dude. He, yep. You know, coaching staff, he came from, he got to work in, in C-Tile work, you know, like that's where he's at. And, you know, just don't ask him to space the floor or go away. Like he has to be involved on both ends of the floor. Ask him to blow stuff up on defense. Ask him to grab and go. Ask him to uh, set up at the elbow or do what he said he likes to do, which is be like, you know, uh, a big a big kid looking at Dwayne Wade start of his career, have his back to the basket and make moves that way. Yeah. That's what you do with justice Winslow. Yeah. They've, they've used him at the elbow. They've run some split cuts out of the post with him, which I really like um, just because if in the post you can engage a defender and then his passing, he's just a great passer. The dude is a great passer. He is really gifted. Um, and they, they kind of figured it out. I wonder as you move forward and if like, like you said, him at the four, I think, is a totally legitimate spot, but you got to put shooters around him. And so I think the, the calculation is Dame can shoot, Amphrey Simons can shoot, Josh Hart can maybe shoot, Nazir Little can maybe shoot. Like, who plays the three next to Justice to unlock him? And if you can't figure that out, is he a backup? Um, and I think he could be a backup on a good team. Like, I think if he's your third forward, you he has enough juice to be pretty darn good. Um I was a big time believer in young Justice Winslow. I may I may have jumped off the bandwagon. I may have slipped off the back of the truck, but uh, I was a big time believer in young Justice Winslow. So I think I think there's a path forward for him to be pretty good. Um, and I think you're right. Like he's just he's physically he can play this game, and if his body can hold up, he's going to be fine. Yeah, I mean you got to remember he he's 26. Maybe he's an old 26 because of all the injuries he's been through. I mean it's not just the hip. Uh, that delayed his Memphis tenure. I mean, there was the back issue yep. that that's when Miami's cut the cord and was like, all right, we're trading him. Remember, Miami signed him to a really nice extension. That's right. the one that had the team option that Memphis would eventually decline. Um, he, you know, that's the that's the rub when you got a guy who plays so hard is how long can he hold up when you know that he's had durability issues uh, over multiple teams and multiple seasons. But beyond that, the dude loves the game. He's a great guy, um, great character. Uh, like, that's the kind of player you want on your team. And, yeah, I think a lot of people would always want Justice to succeed, even come from his time in Duke, in part because of the kind of person that he is. Because his statistics, even at Duke, weren't special. Right. You know, it's his, quote, unquote, intangibles, right? That's, look, in a year with that – could have went really sideways for Portland and seems to have stabilized at least somewhat. That stuff matters. Absolutely. I love these, uh, the story you told about him taking the support staff out on the boats in, uh, in Miami. That is, um, there are real tales to be learned on the road. So if you're listening out there, news outlets, send your folks on the road so they can learn the tales. Um, I know law literally is everywhere. So yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not talking to I anyone. Mean, I sh- Shoot, I would have loved to have told that story, but man's got traded literally a week later. I'm like, I had a damn good justice story, but oh well. All right, well, (laughs) it's saved it for Lockdown Blazers. Um, Speaking of another veteran who is a, a new Blazer and we have not seen, 
Real quick, I want to tell you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market and the best tasting protein bar, frankly, I've ever had. Your typical Built Bar's got 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs. If you're reaching in my pantry, you're going to find peanut butter brownie and cookies and cream. That's typically what we've got on hands, but they got all types of flavors for whatever your palate is. Whether you want mint brownie or coconut, almond, salted caramel, or double chocolate, or any of the fruit flavors. Plus, they got limited time flavors, so you got to check Built.com to see what they've got that's new this month. Whatever you're going to find is going to be tasty, it's going to be healthy. So go right now, built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Still a pass first point guard, still Mike Richmond, you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Here's the rest of my conversation with Law Murray. Eric Bledsoe played every game for 54 games with the Clippers, and now he is maybe being intentionally held out by the Blazers for buyout reasons, flexibility reasons, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Eric Bledsoe can play, right? Like, he's not an unplayable vet. Is that fair to say? It is fair to say. I mean, Eric is another one who, you got to understand, this Clippers team made it to the damn conference finals. Right while already dealing with critical injuries to two of their opening day starters in Kawhi and uh, Serge Ibaka, okay? Um, It's not like the team came to training camp and was like, so we don't know what the hell we're doing. Like, like, it was the other way around. These new guys, Justice and Eric, had to come in and integrate themselves with a team that, even though they were shorthanded, already knew a good idea of how they wanted to play. Eric struggled mightily to start the year. Ty had no, I understand why Ty was like, let's try this thing that Stan Van Gundy tried and have Eric Bledsoe be a shooting guard next to a relatively ball dominant point guard. Um, Even if you don't think Reggie Jackson is that guy, Paul George is definitely that guy. Right. And Eric predictably struggled. Uh, Eric's shot wasn't where it needed to be to start this year. Um, And he looked like a fish out of water a lot of the times, but uh, Ty, being the smart head coach that he is, adjusted it eventually, got, got, got some time. Uh, and Eric was, unsurprisingly, a lot better as a backup point guard when he got his own unit. He started to really play his best basketball when Reggie got sick uh, with COVID, had to uh, be sidelined for a week or so. And Eric had an amazing stretch uh, in Boston, the game in Brooklyn I told you about, um, like, that's when Eric was really starting to, to percolate. Um, and so, I mean, Eric was in there for that comeback in Washington. So Eric has, look, you can't ask him to be an off guard. Like right. that's just not, uh, that's just not smart, but uh, Portland obviously is doing some other things. I will find out in two weeks what those things are. Do you think if he were to be bought out, cause I think he's a potentially could be bought out by the Blazers. He's got, you know, money left on his, this season, but it's a partially guarantee for next year for about three and a half million dollars. Do you think yeah. if he's bought out, he will have a market for good teams? Like, do you think he will be, um, I mean, everyone is a candidate for the Lakers, literally any adult who gets bought out, but like other, you know, competitive teams, do you think Eric Bledsoe will be coveted to some extent? I would think so. Uh, no, the Clippers would love to have him, but they can't do that. Um, that's just the uh, Derek Fisher ruined that for everybody. <laughs> Jerry Stackhouse, too. Uh, I think when Jerry Stackhouse got traded from the Mavs, he said, see y'all in a month. And then they were like, okay, we got to fix this rule. Like, this exactly. is a mess. 
Exactly. So, I mean, um, it, it's like, it's funny because especially with the unfortunate injury to Norm, uh, who of course would last three games and with, with his hometown, relative hometown Clippers team before going out with his own injury, um, the Clippers really needed a kind of player that Eric is right now. So uh, they didn't trade Eric Bledsoe because they didn't want Eric Bledsoe. They trade Eric Bledsoe to get Norm Powell. Right. Eric was a big part of how the Clippers got to still be competitive without their uh, without their big guys in the lineup. So um, the NBA saw that. The NBA, they're, 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 you know, there's like one team that probably wouldn't want him. That's New Orleans Pelicans. <laughs> they hate this bull. Like <laughs> for a team for a team that is so lukewarm on pro basketball, they can't stand Eric Bledsoe. But yeah. For everybody else, I think if you're a uh, their point guards are a dime a dollar, a dime a dozen to me. But um, Eric is still a competent NBA basketball player. His statistics might not be special, but um, he's still a guy who can get into the paint, get in ones, be disruptive. He's got muscles for a damn reason. Okay, he can still get it done. Yeah, I mean, the question is, and we're kind of debating this in Portland, is like the the Blazers are playing Dennis Smith Jr. Those backup minutes, like. Eric Bledsoe is probably better than Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, like, you know, like, yeah. you know, if you're just picking like veteran point guard, former lottery pick, who's going to give you some like dependable minutes. Like, I think, I think you'd rather go bled there. Um, although Dennis Smith Jr. had some nice minutes. So I'm not, this isn't, this is a DSJ slander. This is just like the Blazers have some options. They're, they're leaning Dennis Smith Jr. And right now they're just letting Josh Hart play those backup point guard minutes because Portland isn't super invested in winning up. Uh, in fact, they'd like to lose more than they are, but they just they, they keep tricking off wins, man. Yeah, they're they're in no man's land. It's a tough place to be. It, it reminds me of last year's Toronto Raptors. Yeah. Where if you looked at their the rap the Tampa Raptors to start opening night lineup, you know what I mean? Um, you know, with Norm as a backup on that team, you were you you would probably think, yeah, like they just won the championship in 2019. They you know. We're one game away from another conference finals appearance in the bubble. Like, yeah, that, they can, nah. that season obviously went to hell. Um, yeah. They lost a bunch of close games. They had some key injuries. They could have made a trade they didn't make. They made a big trade with the Blazers, right? Um, and it was like they still could have played for playing. But the Raptors eventually were pretty blatant in that, ah, we are really not trying to do this right. this exactly. year. Let's get a lottery pick. They won the lottery. They got the fourth pick, and look at where the Raptors are now. The Blazers are kind of in the same boat. Like, they have to lose enough games uh, to keep their pick in, in this case, right? I right. think Chicago's in contention yeah. to get a pick from them. And so I can understand it. They're in a really tough spot where it's like, damn it, Chauncey. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, Chauncey, he ain't trying to be Brian Flores, okay? <laughs> like, this dude is coaching to win. Players coach to win. It's front offices that have the ulterior motive. Right. So. Yeah, They're and, in a tough and spot right now. the Blazers have this balance where it's like they have like four pretty good NBA players with Justice and Josh Hart and Ant Simons and and uh, Nurk, and it's like you're gonna you're gonna be competitive with that group. So it's they're they're kind of caught in a space where if unless they're going to be super blatant and just say okay, Amphrey Simons is only allowed to play 26 minutes a night, then they're gonna be they're gonna be good on some nights. Uh, yeah. I want to ask you about the third guy that the Blazers got in that trade with the Clippers. Uh, Keon Johnson is out for till after the All-Star break. He's got an ankle injury. Uh, it's hard to know if he'll play much at all this season, but I think the Blazers value him pretty highly from what I understand. They value him pretty highly. It's what Joe Cronin suggested. You are probably one of the few guys who have seen Keon up close at, at the uh, Agua Caliente Clippers games. What does is, what is Keon bring to the table or could potentially bring to the table? 
Yeah, man, I got to I got to talk to Keon after one of the more bizarre uh, events in the Clippers season where <laughs> this new Keon one time played in Staples Center at around noon against the Salt Lake City Stars, right? Uh, him and Jay Scrub. And then that night they played an NBA game in the same building. Okay. Very like, weird. Yes. Like typically the Agua Caliente Clippers, they played their home games in Ontario, uh, California, not Ontario, Canada. Uh, you know, some some miles east of LA. Uh, but you know, there was an issue at the arena and they had to play their games there. So I got to see both of those games. Uh the Clippers got smacked uh that night, I think by the Pelicans or the Kings, one of those teams. So um I actually, yeah, like Keon got some garbage time. Um and that was, you know, Keon is a very young person. Okay. Yep. He's even younger than Brandon Boston Jr., who I think most people following the Clippers are like, yeah, Brandon Boston, that's the young fiend. It's like Keon is even younger than Brandon. And obviously Keon was the first round pick, but Keon had so many starts and stops um, beginning in the preseason. He, you know, he, he missed the first preseason game because of an illness. You know, he missed the first regular season game because of an illness. He sprained an ankle one time in the G League before coming back. Um, you know, like he's just had a I – mean, he's another one who I was looking forward to getting to know more. I think um, – like this opportunity came up for the Clippers and we're like, screw it. We're just going to do it. The Clippers are obviously used to ditching first round picks anyway, whether they're good or not. She goes to Alexander was a really good rookie and it's like, Oh, Paul George available. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Him and every other first round pick he can include. <laughs> right. So the thing with Keon, the best thing I can say about Keon is I know he loves basketball. I know he's going to work hard. His athleticism got him drafted in the first round. If you watch Tennessee, University of Tennessee basketball, uh, you know, gouge your eyes or, or you know, take some uh, take something for your eyes. That offense was absolutely garbage. Um, I have nothing nice to say about the University of Tennessee's offense. Um, that, that's objective, too. I have nothing against SEC or for SEC basketball. I'm just letting you know, like it was bad. Um, so Keon was already going to have a lot of development um, in that in terms of how to do stuff uh, in a competent pro offense. And um, the thing that Keon is going to have to show in Portland is that, can he remember plays? Can he understand where he needs to be um, on a given basis? And I'm not just saying as the guy with the ball in his hand, like if you're going to be an off guard, you got to know where to be in the corner. You got to know where to be when you're coming off. You got to know where the next action is when they take your primary action away. He has a ton of development. When I say raw, I mean, man, he might as well. Portland picked him up on the Oregon Trail. That's how raw <laughs> Keon Johnson is. So um, that's that's going to be a multi-year project. It would have been with the Clippers, and now that's the case with a Portland team that still somehow doesn't have their own G League team. Yeah, the last left. I mean, I can't imagine this ownership group gets the Blazers a G League team, but if the new ownership group comes in, Boy, howdy, would it be nice to have an in-house developmental program to get young players better um, or even an out-of-house developmental program like at Sioux Falls or something. Other teams have made it happen. You could make it happen to Portland Trailblazers. I'm talking to y'all. Uh, so, yeah, so, so for, from what I've heard about Keon, it's like the, the, the shot is not there yet. Like he's not an outside shooter yet. It's just an athlete. Uh, I... I've heard two comparisons and tell me if you think they're, they're close. Uh, one Bruce Brown said he could be like a small ball 
kind of screener, non-shooter. And the other one was Nazir Little. Do you think either of those are close? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I don't like any of those. Uh, I think Bruce Brown reminds me of, you know, Bruce Brown is basically Eastern Conference Terrence Mann. Mm -hmm. And even, even, even that is like, for one, I don't know how, how Steve Nash ever got to the point to have Bruce Brown out of his rotation. Um, but Bruce Brown plays, you know, we saw him last year, he played like a five. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he's, Bruce Brown is disruptive. He can do some things with the ball in his hands. He hasn't been allowed to touch the ball in Brooklyn, but maybe maybe he'll be able to do that with a certain guy not there on the team. Who knows? Um, Bruce has never really developed his shot, uh, but like that's the kind of player Bruce Brown is. Like Bruce Brown is a thicker body guy, and Keon is absolutely not that type. And right. same thing with Nasir. Like Nasir is like six six and with with bulk. Like he's closer to right. justice than anything. I don't, yeah, uh, and no disrespect to whoever you hear that from. I'm, I'll out them. I love, I'll out them privately. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, no disrespect. Um, I, I love them when play when people kind of get outside the box with who they might think a player reminds them of. It's just that for so many reasons, Keon doesn't fit any of that. Like Keon is a scrawny dude. He is six four. He needs um, a few more square meals for sure in this league. And um, yeah, the, the jump shot needs work, but I actually think his jump shot was getting better. I mean, his jump shot was awful in summer league. Um, it is probably uh, subpar. Now. Right. <laughs> it, it, it's gone from a, a, a D to, uh, you know, a, probably a C minus, you know, you that's go. improvement. There you go. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it's the swing factor for Keon for sure. But I really just think that his awareness of the game on both ends of the floor that's what needs to pick up, not just offensively either, defensively. You can't just play hard and have your eyes closed you right. know, while you're playing hard. That that obviously leads to accidents, and accidents aren't good. So um, he's got a lot of work to do in the mental uh, part of it. I think he's going to work hard, but can he do it? That's, again, multi-year project. Right. But I don't see him being, being someone who is going to be crashing guys like Little and Bruce Brown are. Yeah, that's it, it's interesting because uh, one of the um, the uh, the Bruce Brown comp source, we'll call it. Um, I think longtime listeners will be able to know who I'm talking about because I literally mentioned him last week on the show. But we won't out him here for uh, for protect him from law. Uh, but said that he was like at least three years away. Like we're talking year four, final year of his rookie contract. You think he can be a contributor? And I think, you know, if if the Blazers are viewing him like a first round pick, then that's that's the timeline that you have to kind of do the calculations on. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think the most fun part of the Portland trade from their perspective is, and this is something that everyone should be thinking about: these future first round picks, also known as the Oklahoma City collection. Right? It's like they're so exciting when you have them, but then when you use them, they are immediately like. Oh, that, that just takes away all the value. You actually use this on a yeah. real person? What the hell are you doing? A like real 19-year-old who needs seasoning to get better at NBA basketball? Dang it. Yeah, I, I literally called the second-round pick, that, uh, which used to be Detroit's that Portland got from the Clippers in this trade, as, you know, somebody's 16-year-old son. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, that's what it is. It's like, oh, my God, the possibility we can draft and stash or we can get this underachiever or – we can get this four-year college guy who's going to be really good, but because his arms are too short, he's going to slip in the draft. Like that's 
it, that's the fun part of these draft picks, man. Nah, what the Blazers got in Keon is a used but still incredibly futuristic first round pick. And sure. if you look at it that way, then you know it's a little different. You, yeah. know? you guys can say his name. His name is Keon Johnson. You don't have to say future first future round pick. Future first round pick, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> oh, t- partially protected, lightly protected 2026 first round pick does not ring off the tongue. Keon Johnson, a real person, a real adult who's played 15 NBA games. Yep. Law, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, listeners, subscribe to The Athletic because Law is is as good as it gets covering the Clippers. You got anything you want to promote? Anything fun coming up you want people to read? Hey, uh, I, honestly, I just want to give this space a shout out to uh, our our editors on the NBA team at The Athletic. They do a great job. Uh, Rob Peterson's put together the 75th anniversary uh, team project. We ranked them as a as as a collection of all of our thoughts contributing and it's coming to an end obviously you can probably tell who's going to be one two three all that but it's coming to an end this week obviously all-star weekend is this week um we're going to be celebrating the game so um i mean i'm going to be doing my part i I wrote two stories i wrote one on Kawhi leonard and uh oscar robertson it was great to just look at the history of the game so um you know please support me but support my team and and uh, sh- shout out to everybody who covers the game of basketball. It's a fun year to cover basketball, even in the midst of this uh, pandemic that we're in, because there's so much history and appreciation for it. So um, I'm going to be unselfish and and uh, pay it forward. There you go. True pass first point guard out here. Uh, Law's maybe a wing, though, just for, for those of you scouting at home. Law's probably like a he's probably like a two three. Uh, if, if you really want to know if you really want to know the deal. Hey, hey, add me if you want to, man. If you're in the area, we, we can get this game on. We out we have the hiatus now. Yeah, there you go. It's Laws in Phoenix. If you were in downtown Phoenix, <laughs> look for my man and let, let's see if you could give him some buckets. All right, appreciate you, dude. We'll uh we'll have you back soon. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you so much, Mike. One more big thank you to Law for joining the program. Law rocks. Read his stuff. He loves basketball and he gets you closer to the team. Nobody's covering the Clippers better than him right now. So make sure you subscribe to The Athletic so you can read more of Law's work. We're here. We've made it to the All-Star break. The Blazers are going to take some time off. Lockdown Blazers is not. We're not going anywhere. It's uh, We'll have shows next week. We'll look forward. We'll look back. We're going to do some roundtable stuff with some other Locked On hosts. Going to be a ton of fun. This is a daily podcast. It's going to still be a daily podcast even during the All-Star break. So come join us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then when the Blazers finally play on Thursday, we'll have that game covered too. The second half or the second portion maybe is a better way to say it. Of the season is here. And Lockdown Blazers here to stay five days a week. Make this show your first listen every day. It's free and available on all platforms. And tell your pals to do the same. Just search Locked On Blazers and they'll find us right wherever they're looking for us. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.